Take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. While you're turning to John chapter 4, I'm going to read a very familiar psalm. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. We want a blessing, don't we? Uh, the Psalms, they are a blessing. And it's interesting that the first word of the first Psalm is blessed. Uh, they can be a blessing to us. He says that, uh, verse 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. We want to be like that tree. We want to be like that tree that is fruitful, uh, that's not uh, withering up, that's not drying up. Uh, I, I, would, I would assume that all of us want to, want to prosper, and, and, uh, and we don't want to be that, uh, that withering up tree. And it's easy in our Christian life to, uh, to kind of come up empty at times. To feel that we don't have anything to offer, to feel like that uh, uh, maybe there's no life or that we're dried up, and and that's what uh, that's what we're going to look at in John chapter four. The passage here is the story of the Samaritan woman, and we know the we've had several messages on on that here at Wellspring. That's where we got our name, Wellspring, from from John chapter four and verse fourteen, where Christ promises that there be living water as a well springing up into everlasting life. And, and uh, you, we know this, this passage, how that, that Christ said that He had to. He must needs go through Samaria. And we know the reason why He wanted to go through Samaria is because there was going to be a woman there. He'd meet at the well. And He was going to offer her, He was going to offer her this living water. Look at John chapter 4 and verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Talking about the, the water in the well. They're going to thirst again. We're going to have to keep drinking. But whoso drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus, I mean, this, this woman, she was, just, she was just in her normal routine, right? She was just going to the well uh, to, to satisfy the, the need of the day, the need of the moment. And here she runs into this guy who offers her and tells her about everlasting life. Now, I don't know about you, but that's about the, the greatest thing that we can know for sure is that we have everlasting life. And he tells her that the water that he has the ability to give, that he is going to offer her, matter of fact, can be in her a spring. Now, for all of us as believers, as Christians, it's one thing to know about the spring, uh, the wellspring that Christ can bring. It's one thing to know. And it's a whole other thing 
to experience it. I mean to have it. That joy unspeakable and full of glory. That peace that passes understanding. That fountain inside that is, uh, is quenching the thirst of the soul. That is meeting the needs. To experience, to experience the spring. The living water is so much different than knowing about it. <laughs> A head knowledge. So he tells her how. He tells her how she can have this everlasting life. In verse 26, Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am He. He's talking about I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. I am the living water. I am the everlasting life. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He offers her this living water. He offers her this wellspring deep inside of her. And He is the source of it. He is the source of the living water. And she accepts it. She receives it. She believes that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. She believes that He is. He is Christ. Look at verse 28. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? She believed that it was. Verse 30. Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Skip down to verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that ever I did. I thought that was interesting that she left her water pot there and she went into the city. You know what? The moment that she met Christ, and more than the moment that she met Christ, the moment that she experienced Christ's living water in her, the, the, the moment that she ex- experienced that, that spring of life, uh, she left her water pot. You know what? Her priorities changed. All of a sudden, now it was more important for her and to go and to tell what had happened than for her to just meet that, that, uh, that temporary uh, need of the moment. She had experienced everlasting life. She'd experienced the living water. And you know what? This woman, what she did, should be our template, should be our example of evangelism. As Wellspring, we want to live up to our name. That's what we want to do. We want to be able to quench the thirst of of the souls of men and women and children that are seeking truth, that are dried up, that are not, uh, not content with the things of this world, not content with the, the uh, priorities of this world, not content with, with uh, the, 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 the missing, the missing uh, link that is Jesus Christ in our heart. As you've heard said before, man, he, if He is not in us, we are missing something. If He is not in us, we are missing something. And this woman, she, she, she didn't have any salesmanship. She wasn't following any type of program. I mean, you know how long this lady had been a follower of Jesus Christ? About, you know, maybe an hour. 
You know what I'm saying? And this woman, she was probably not what you know you would think would be the the most uh, uh, prime suspect for delivering living water. I mean, we'd already know that she'd had five husbands at this point, but she went, she went, and she told them what happened to her. Now, it was convincing. It was convincing, but what she did not do is she did not go to try to uh, have some great argument of trying to convince them that Jesus was the Messiah with all this head knowledge. This was exactly what what she was doing is she was living out what Jesus said would happen to her. That there would be a spring that would come from the inside and that it would flow out. And and that is exactly what she was doing. She was just telling the good news of Jesus Christ out of an overflow. Can you picture her? When she went to the city to tell these folks about uh, this Jesus, come and see a man, uh, it wasn't with this head knowledge. It was with a a swollen heart. It It was with a joy that was obviously on her face. I mean, you could see it in her eyes that she had just experienced life like she'd never experienced it. That's what it is to to evangelize. That's what it is, is, is to, from a deep overflow. I mean, we need to be, we need to be sincere. We need to be uh, 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 honest about our, our relationship with Christ and not put on a face. None of those things. But boy, when we experience His peace and His joy, and, and when we get close to Him, we're all, we're all to minister, to minister of Jesus Christ. But I would say that uh, I wouldn't just do it because you have to. I mean, He does command us, the Great Commission. I would do it because uh, we want to. It's because we've been close to the Lord and we've experienced His peace and joy. And, and really, the best way to minister is out of an overflow. And if we minister out of an overflow, it won't, it won't, uh, it won't drain us because it's an overflow. <laughs> we had too much anyhow, so we had to give it away. Now, when, we, when we tell the good news of Jesus Christ, it should be something that comes flowing out of our heart. You know, the Holy Spirit, uh, this is the living water that He's talking about that would be in us. That's the indwelling Spirit. That energizes us. You know, the Holy Spirit in us, it, when we're full of Spirit, when, when we're full of His uh, presence in our heart and in our life, uh, this flows through us. There's nothing dry about it. There's nothing mechanical about having God's Spirit. His Spirit is alive and living. My goodness, it has the power to change us. You know, I don't want my Christianity to be to be dry. Don't want it to get stagnant. Now I know that at times it can. At times we can get what feels like empty, that we can we can get what feels like dry. I want to want to take an example of some geography here uh, from the, the land of Israel and try to make a make a point about this uh, being filled with God's Spirit. In, in Israel, the locals, uh, the, they describe the bodies of water that surround them as the, the dead, the med, and the red. And this morning, we're going to talk about the dead. We're going to take an example from, from the dead. North of the Dead Sea, 
is the Sea of Galilee. And the Jordan River flows through the Sea of Galilee. There is the upper Jordan, and then there's the lower Jordan. And uh, the upper Jordan is, uh, flows from, from the Golan Heights, from those mountains. And that's where the Jordan River starts and flows down into the Sea of Galilee and then flows out of the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee is, uh, is really just a small uh, sea. There's a lot about it in the Gospels, uh, in the life of Christ and His disciples. Uh, the Sea of Galilee is full of life. The Sea of Galilee has been a, a significant commercial fishing spot for thousands of years. There's a couple commercial fishermen that uh, you may recognize their names, uh, Peter, James, and John. They all were commercial fishermen there at, uh, at the Sea of Galilee. They still catch tons of tilapia out of that sea today, and it's only uh, 13 miles long and 8 miles wide. But there's tons of life in it. Like I said, the upper Jordan flows from the Golan Heights and flows through the Sea of Galilee. And, and there's, there's two sources of water for the Sea of Galilee. There is the upper Jordan we talked about. And then there are natural springs or, or, or that are inside the Sea of Galilee that bubble up and supply it with its water. The Jordan River that flows through the Sea of Galilee after it goes out the lower Jordan, that is the area of the Jordan Valley. It's one of the most fertile areas in the world. It has, uh, it's, it's perfect for farming, uh, fertile soil, and plenty of water there. You remember the story when Joshua and Caleb went into the Canaan land, and they talked about all the fruit there and how great it was, and the grapes, remember? And, and, and it was promised that they'd go into the Canaan land, the, the land flowing with milk and honey. It's a fertile land, great for, for life. But then the Jordan flows into the Dead Sea. And it's called the Dead Sea because there's no life. There's no life. There's no fish, there's no, no life in the Dead Sea. And one of the significant things about the Dead Sea is there's no outlet. There's no water flowing out of it. And so because of that, there's tons of minerals uh, in the Dead Sea, but none of them get washed out. They all just stay in there and it's concentrated. It's, it's so buoyant that you don't swim in the Dead Sea, you float. There's no fish and no sign of life. And so here's... The application. In our Christian life and in our walk with Christ, we want life, don't we? We want to, in our life, we want to have life. We don't just want to, you know, survive and go through. We want to see, we want to be surrounded with life and the fruit of it and the joy of it. We want to enrich other people's lives. And we have the power to do that because of Christ in us, the living water. We want to be more like the Sea of Galilee, right? Then we want to be like the Dead Sea. You don't want your life, uh, your life to be uh, just dead. No sign of life in it. Just existing. 
So the first source of water we're going to look at is that that sea uh, or that uh, river of Jordan, the upper Jordan that flows in. This is a picture of God's word. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 26, the Bible says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. The word of God is likened to water that's flowing. Just as we just as we read in Psalm chapter 1 that that blessed person that delights in the law of the Lord, they're going to be like that tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth their fruit in their season. Their leaf will not wither. Whatsoever they do shall prosper. Why? Because of the Word that flows through it. You say, how do I get the Jordan River to flow through my life? How do I get the Word of God to flow through my life? I thought... It's all about positioning. It's all about positioning yourself in the right place. The Sea of Galilee just happens to be lower than the Golan Heights. And just happens to be in the path of the river, the water that's flowing. And I think we as believers, we as followers of Jesus Christ, you know, we know where the tap is, don't we? We know where God's source of water comes from. He's given us His Word. And I think that we can be intentional to have the Word of God flow through us. Have the Word of God coming in and coming into our ears and coming into our eyes and coming into our mind and coming into our heart. He talks about the Word of God transforming our mind. You know, so many times, I, I, I don't know about you, I'll read the Bible and think, what did I just read? <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about other things. Maybe it's just me, I don't know. Do you guys do that too? You read the Bible and you read down through and you know you just finished the chapter, but if you had a quiz on it, my goodness, you wouldn't do so well. But you know what I believe? I don't believe that that was a waste of time. Not one bit. I believe it's just like water flowing through. And you know, if you keep the water flowing through your mind and through your heart, you know what one thing will be? You'll be cleaner. That water flowing through the Sea of Galilee, boy, it keeps it clean and keeps it fresh. We gotta be. We gotta position ourselves to say, "Hey, I gotta keep the water of God flowing through my life, flowing through my life." You know, when someone comes up to us and we need to help them and we need to give them, "Hey, look, I believe God's word is the answer for all of our problems." I do. I, I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced that God's word has the answer. And so, if we're not, if we're not allowing it to flow through us when we run into someone that maybe needs a word of encouragement or needs some hope or needs some help. If we're empty ourselves, how can we give? How can we flow out to them? How can we give to them? That's what it is, that Holy Spirit allowing, bringing things to remembrance that we've, we've read or God has helped us with or God's ministered us with. We've got to position ourselves under the Word of God, lower than the Word of God. That mental picture saying that, hey, my life is subject. My life is subject to the Word of God. Hey, the Word of God is my final authority. Not saying that I do everything right or I know all the answers, but I'm just saying, hey, when, when there comes a decision in our lives and we have to say, hey, as a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, the Word of God is, is what I stand on. No matter what this world says, no matter what this world does, 
uh, no matter which direction it goes, it doesn't change our direction, it doesn't change our mind, because our, we're, we're settled on the rock, which is the Word of God. And to understand, hey, I'm, I've got His Word, and it's, my, it's, it's what fills me. If you're feeling empty, if you're feeling, uh, feeling like, uh, hey, my water level's getting pretty low, it's really hard for me to, to minister to others, it's hard to me, for me to be a blessing, maybe we've got to get under the spigot, position ourselves right to where God's Word is flowing in us and flowing through us. This will stop us. Having that consistent flow, having the Jordan River flow through our life will stop us from drying up spiritually. And, it, and we can dry up spiritually pretty quick, can't we? I mean, we can be just, wow, Lord's great, Lord's good, and then, you know, just a little while later, it's like dry, just dry, empty, completely empty. So we have to be intentional and keep ourselves positioned under the waterfall of God, just allowing Him to pour over us and pour through us. It, look, He is our source of everything. And if we're going to be a blessing to our our children, if we're going to be a blessing to our spouse, if we're going to be a blessing to other believers in Christ, if we're going to be a blessing to anyone and have a lasting difference, a spiritual difference, we've got to have the Lord fill us up. And He will if we position. That water's flowing. That water's flowing. You know, the Word of God is, a, is flowing. And it doesn't matter who tries to stop it. Who, you can't stop that powerful river. You can try and dam it up, but it's just going to keep flowing. It's going to keep flowing. The Word of God liveth and abideth forever. You can't stop it. you just got to position yourself to get in it and be soaked in it. I mean, just swim in it. Just, just saturate ourselves in the Word of God. The second source of the Sea of Galilee is those inner springs, those natural springs. That is the Holy Spirit. And that is our source. We have the Word of God that flows through us and flows in us, but we have the, we have the Holy Spirit at salvation. The Bible says that He, Jesus Christ said that He was going to send the company, the Holy Spirit, and that He would come and lead us and guide us into all truth. That Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit... That's God. The Holy Spirit is God. He lives inside of us. You talk about power. You talk about energizing. You talk about being able to be filled with life. To have His Spirit inside of us. And, and, to, and to be able to minister to us. Hey, how do you experience the Holy Spirit of God? By salvation. By being born again. By accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Just like the Samaritan woman. Just like her, to experience Christ and then to experience His Spirit in us. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 17, that whole passage in 2 Peter chapter 2 is talking about like false teachers and false, false doctrine and, and false religion, false worshiping. And he says that they're like wells without water. You know, trying to live the Christian life... Trying to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit is like wells without water. You can have this, this form of, of happiness. You can have this form of, of, of eternal life or religion or something. But my goodness, there's just no life without the Holy Spirit. 
You cannot live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit in you. That's what brings the transformation. That's what brings the power. Is God's Spirit in us. Hey, you and I, we can't understand the Word of God. The, the Bible is not a textbook. It is so far from anything that any man could ever write. It is so, so much more spiritual. It's so much more eternal. It's so much more heavenly. And the Bible, we, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us. He has to open our eyes. And who better than the author than to teach us the Word of God? The Bible says in Corinthians, the natural man, that's the one that has not been born again, the natural man receiveth not the things of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can they know them because they're spiritually discerned. Have you ever heard someone say, I read the Bible, but it doesn't make sense. You know? I read the Bible, but it, 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 not saying that it makes sense to me completely, but my goodness, the, the, as, as, as you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you have the Holy Spirit in you, slowly but surely, the, the, the Bible begins to, to make sense. Slowly but surely, the Bible begins to feed us and to help us. My best advice to someone that can't understand the Bible at all is to get saved, to get born again, to ex experience the Holy Spirit in us, to then begin to lead us and guide us into all truth. Because without it, my goodness, try to figure the, something out that's spiritual, trying to figure something out that's eternal with only the natural mind is, is impossible. This Holy Spirit teaches us, it guides us. We want to be like that Sea of Galilee that has so much source of water. But there's something else about it. It doesn't just have these sources coming into it. The Sea of Galilee is consistently flowing out. That's what feeds the, the Jordan Valley. That's what makes that valley so, so uh, clean and so clear and so fresh. And that's what keeps that sea so clear and clean and fresh. Let's keep the water flowing. You know what the problem is with the Dead Sea? It doesn't have any water flowing through it. You know, as we are consistently learning and drawing close to the Lord and, and growing, uh, we should do that. One of the purposes is not just to, for us to get smarter. It's not for us just to be wiser and have more knowledge. It should be for us to be able to enrich other people's lives. It should be... The Lord doesn't just... He doesn't just grow us up just to grow us up. He grows us up so that we can serve Him, so that we can serve others, so that we can minister to others. That's what, that's what our purpose is. Is, to, is so that we can help others because of Christ in us. And so uh, when, we, when, we, when we get all this, you know, what we think is knowledge and wisdom and we only use it for, our, for ourselves, it, uh, it ends up becoming an ugly thing. The things that we get, that's what grace is. That's what it means to grow in grace, is the blessings and the gifts that God gives us, we use it for others. Look, why does God give folks gifts? He gives us gifts, doesn't He? He gives each person talents and abilities and gifts. He tells us that. Does He give that for our own good or for others? He tells us that He gives the gifts for the, to be a blessing to the church. And so He, 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 he will uh, source us be able to be a blessing to others. And if we don't, we become the Dead Sea. If we're not flowing out, being able to minister to others. You know, sometimes in ministering to others, 
you don't always see the results. And that can be discouraging. But the results so many times are down the road. Or uh, farther than you can see. The effects of your grace and the effects of your uh, uh, blessing are further down the road. It's not right now. And besides that, we shouldn't... I know that it's human for us to want results. But we really shouldn't be worried about the results. All we're supposed to do is just allow God to flow through us. And as long as He's flowing through us, we'll consistently stay full. We'll consistently have His joy and and His peace. You know, by ministering to others and helping others, by giving of ourselves, and when I say giving, I'm not just talking about money, I'm talking about getting involved in other people's lives uh, and ministering to others. Just like the Samaritan woman. That's what she did. As soon as she experienced God, as soon as she experienced Him, what was the first thing she did? Left her water pot, went and told others about the good news. Told others about Christ. And I'm sure that was a little bit of a risk for her. You know? As we, as we have relationships with other people, as we enter in... You know, if you've been hurt, if you've tried to help someone and you've been hurt, you know what? You know what's the natural thing for us to do as humans? It's to close up and to damn up and to just seclude ourselves and and you know I don't I don't think that that's what the Lord wants from us as a church. You know, sometimes a church could get to where it's it's our little group and we're happy with that because no one hurts us and no one's against us and no one's uh, says anything bad against us. Uh, and then, but, but after a while, we kind of just uh, turn on ourselves. But after a while, we become like a dead sea. I think the, the church should be where, where we allow God and beg God to flow through us so that we can affect the world out there. That's what we want for the church. We want to affect this community. We want to affect the world, right? With the good news of Jesus Christ. The same is true in our lives. It takes some risk. It takes some risk to uh, get involved in someone else's life, to minister to them, to help them. But it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk. It's, it's, if you've been hurt, if you've been heartbroken by someone else, it would be easier just to close up. But I think the Lord would have us to, to open up. First get filled up, and then open up. Open up to be a blessing to others. Open up to help others. In your Christian life, if you're here today and you've been dry, you feel like that you're empty, you feel like that uh, you don't have anything to give, anything to give uh, for others from the Lord, position yourself. Ask God to fill you. You know, how, you know what it is. You know how to do it. Get in the Word of God and begin to seek the Spirit of God inside of us. Walk in the Spirit. If you feel like you're, you're getting stagnant, you're getting in a rut, you're stale in your Christian life, things seem to be same old, same old, then my suggestion would be open up. Break up the dam. Uh, uh, give to someone else. Get involved in someone else's life. Be a blessing to someone else. My goodness, I, I, I know you've experienced this, but sometimes when you help someone else, uh, when you are a blessing to someone else, uh, when you go and help someone that's in need, 
so many times, when you're done with that, when you do that, it seems like it's you that gets the greatest blessing. When you, when you give, when you give of yourself, when you help someone else, it seems like that it's you that has the most joy and the most fulfillment out of it, whether they, whether they did or not. Don't allow past relationships, past uh, experiences, past things like that to cause you to not open yourself up to allow the Lord and God to flow through you. Don't be that dead sea. Take risks for God. Take risks for God. As we close, Wellspring, I want us to be living water. Living water flowing through us. As, as we uh, want to be a church that evangelizes, we want to tell other people the good news of Jesus Christ the best way to do that, I believe, the best way to do that is for all of us to be our own individual wellspring. It's the best way. If we had some program, if we had some scheduled time for us to be do evangelism, it may work and God may bless it. But my goodness, what if our lives were all just wellsprings? Just water bubbling up. In the morning, we were intentional to get filled with God. And allow, him, and allow Him to help us in prayer and in, in reading of the Scripture and in fellowship with Him. And then how would that affect our day when we go to work and when we minister to our families and all those things. I believe that, that we would be able to... No matter what folks say, there are a lot of people out there that are really thirsty. There, there's a lot, you know, in, in, a, in a professional world, we have a way of putting our face on and just doing our job and doing it with a smile and all that sort of stuff. There's a lot of folks that come to work and go through their daily lives that deep down inside, they are hurting. They are empty. If they experience the love of Christ and the joy of the Lord through us, that's the, that is the best way to, experience, to, to, to evangelize, to preach the Word of God. Amen?